0: This podcast is brought to you by AD Banker & Company. They help you meet your insurance continuing education deadline in ways not as boring as you'd think. Go to a live in-person class or choose a webinar, which will come to you. Learn more at adbanker.com. Jeff Brown is the Executive Vice President of Sales for Impresio Incorporated, which is a Spokane, Washington-based proprietary software company that helps insurance carriers and agents manage data for better growth and distribution. The company provides sales software to over 150,000 users with several of the largest carriers in the nation. At Imprezio, Brown is responsible for the software company's market strategy and its execution. He joined Imprezio in 2016 with 20 years of experience building high-performing enterprise software sales teams that helped companies build their brand. Brown was a three-time academic All-American basketball player for Gonzaga University, where he graduated with honors. He was also elected into the West Coast Conference Hall of Honor in 2010. Welcome to our program, uh, uh, Jeff uh, Brown, who is an executive vice president with Impresio. Uh, thank you for being on the program today.
1: Dennis, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: So you're dialing in from Spokane, Washington. Uh, What's things look like in Spokane today?
1: Well, our beautiful little city here in the Pacific Northwest, Dennis, is about 105 degrees um, today. Uh, One of the many things I love about Spokane is the distinct four seasons, and we certainly have wonderful summers with uh, dry heat. Although i got to be honest, 105 is even over my uh, cold comfort zone.
0: Uh, that is remarkable. I didn't know that you could uh, approach uh, temperatures like that uh, but uh, in the, the, that part of Washington. But, uh, say, I uh, appreciate you dialing today. I, I thought we'd just jump right into it. Uh, I've been excited about uh, uh, hearing about uh, you and your company uh, for a long time, and uh, so I want to just kind of jump in and ask you some questions. You know, what prompted us to visit is I've heard that California... Is soon going to have the nation's most far reaching uh, law, which gives consumers uh, tremendous control over their personal data under apparently a bill that was just passed out there uh, by a Governor and signed by Governor Jerry Brown. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, absolutely, Dennis.
1: I, I think that the California Consumer Privacy Act is just a natural extension or logical extension from GDPR and, and what uh, Europe has been working on for a while. At the end of the day, it's a, you know, a human rights issue. Um, as a consumer, the ability to understand who has my data and how it's being used, how it's being collected, what are the sources that it's being shared with, um, really provides an interesting and fascinating time for insurance and financial services um, uh, players in that how do I use technology to really optimize marketing? Yeah. Um, the risk of oversaturating, frankly, is to the point now with the ability for a consumer for the right to be forgotten. Um, if I don't do that well, I really run the risk of, of, uh, of compressing my, my marketplace. Yeah.
0: Well, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, you've mentioned and I've seen, uh, when I read about this, uh, reference to the GDPR. Can you explain to our listeners what, what they, you mean by GDPR?
1: Sure, so GDPR is really the genesis. It's the first significant um, consumer data um, regulations. Um, and that is signed over in, in Europe um, and we just implemented in May. And GDPR essentially um, provides the consumers the right to be forgotten. Um, so this is far greater than just unsubscribing from an email if I don't like the content. This is the ability for a consumer to say, to go to a brand, um, a carrier financial services firm, to say, please no longer send me any information, no longer mail, um, digital advertising, email, remove me from your systems. Um, so it is a significant and incredibly important regulation for those that, that uh, either sell to Europeans or are European-based. Um, and the teeth within it, Dennis, is amazing. Um, you know, finds up to, to 4% of global revenue um, really have the teeth that that, that make people stand up and, and take notice of this important piece of, of regulation and compliance. You know,
0: you know I'm wondering, uh, your company serves uh, a good part of the insurance industry. Uh, how do you think, though, this GDPR, being it's a European Union uh, initiative, is really going to impact uh, United States-based insurance companies, even if they don't have any uh, European connections?
1: Um, You know, again, the California Privacy Act, I think, is the natural extension of that. Um, I I think that there's been plenty of of, uh, publicity um, around Facebook and the elections and the influence on that. Um, If you look at Facebook's most recent quarterly earnings, um, revenues were flat. Why are they flat? Because privacy um, becomes a a bigger issue. Um, No longer they're selling data as they used to, and that's impacted directly their, their revenue stream. Um, So if you you use that and take a look at data and how data is being used within insurance and financial services, it really comes down to how do I do a great job of connecting with consumers in a way from a customer experience perspective um, they view it as valuable. Again, going back to um, if I'm oversaturating with them, if I am sending out marketing materials that that aren't contextually relative to them, it's really about a theme of being intentional um, and really about evidence-based marketing. What's working well? Um, how am I resonating with, with my clients and prospective clients, and doing that in a thoughtful, um, sequenced way?
0: Now, you know what kind of steps uh, you know uh, can insurance companies and agents take uh, to comply with this uh, legislation and and not be open to some of these uh, pretty uh, stringent financial penalties?
1: Yeah, first and foremost, right. It's all about um becoming compliant. Um, so having you know, data privacy officers and, and making sure that consumers are very clear um, with you know upon request uh what data you have, how you collected it, what you're doing with it. Um, outside that, I think the real magic um, of, of the competitive advantage that this um, this regulation provides, um, smart marketers, um, is really again going back to that customer experience. Um, If I have a bunch of customers that that I've reached out to in in, in a um, non-synchronized or orchestrated way, that's going to cause them to unsubscribe, um, request to be forgotten, um, understand how you're using your data. So it's about how do I streamline those touch points? Um, Again, from a a marketing perspective, from a brand perspective, how do I grow my business um, within this new ecosystem of of data data privacy and uh, compliance?
0: So you've talked a bit about that, uh, retaining that good client experience. Uh, What's some positive, you know, we got to take these things like we do most things in the world, a change is going to happen whether we are for it or against it. So we have to kind of search for the positive. What's the positive impact for both the business marketer and the consumer here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's start with, that's a a great question. Let's start with the consumer first. you know from a customer experience perspective um I, I think we all um are open to uh being exposed to products and services that make my life better. um I will not understand that um what i the unintended consequence perhaps of of this new regulation is being shut off completely from those products and services which would make my life better um but the earlier point that, that we were discussing is um, you know, I think in today's world, there's trillions of emails that get sent out, and of course, digital media and marketing um, and all sorts of touch points that I think as consumers, we're all overwhelmed um, with all those reach-outs and touch points. Life is, is more complicated than it used to be. So, this is all about um, brands being really intelligent and intentional about how to cut through the noise. Um, when is the right time to reach out with the right product, the right service, at the right time over the right channel? to really connect and become that trusted advisor. If that's not done well, I really think that the customer experience is, is not what it will need to be. Um, and I think as consumers, our expectation of how brands interact with this will continue to get um, more precise and our expectation, frankly, will go up. Um, so I think from a customer experience perspective, there'll be some unintended consequences. Um, but by and large, I, I think that as consumers, we all, um, our, our data is our data. I think we all view that as, something I should be able to control. Um and when we see data breaches and, and you know selling of data um and all, you know the elections and, and and so forth, I I think we all get very concerned, um, and rightfully so, about what how our data is being used.
0: You know, on the company side, the insurance company, how do they use the technology and and you know keep their brand awareness in front of the client and, and win customers and keep customers without becoming a nuisance uh and, and costing them in the long term?
1: Yeah. At the end of the day, that, I think, is the, the core question, Dennis. Um, and we're working on some really interesting things here. Um, first and foremost, our, our technology, you know, is privacy by design. So being very thoughtful of, of how we do that from a system and architecture perspective. And then we're working on um, technology. Um, one of the, the use cases I refer to as Goldilocks. Um, so the Goldilocks zone, of course, is right. how do I create an, an ecosystem that's not too hot, not too cold? How do I keep that customer touch point, the continuous engagement? Um, so on the lower end of that, that bar, um, they're aware of my brand. They're aware of who I am. On the higher end, I'm not oversaturated to the point that they, again, request to be um, unsubscribed or right to be forgotten. So that happy zone, that Goldilocks, is really about how do I use technology to make sure that people are aware of my products and services, but reaching them out in meaningful ways so that my consumers, my clients, always stay within that Goldilocks of just right.
0: So, uh, Jeff, uh, how do you guys manage the marketing compliance uh, from a corporate home office perspective, uh, but still uh, provide the local agencies and producers the market flexibility that they need to better connect with their local market?
1: Oh, that's a great question, Dennis. And if you look at you know, the large carriers that, that we're probably partnered with, um, this is all about you know, the local uh, market, the local flavor. How I sell um, insurance in Kansas is different than potentially New York or Miami or even Spokane. Um, so it's all about having um, authentic relationships and meaningful content at the local level. Conversely, what we've been talking about is compliance and regulation. And so from a a large carrier perspective, large financial services perspective, how do I have technology and tools in place that allow me to garner the the wind, if you will, of the network effect? Really understanding what pieces and and content work across the board. Um, And those compliance pieces um, of understanding touch points and the right message at the right time, at the end of the day, those work best, if not done at the corporate level, but literally allowed to be executed at the local level. So it's really about the synchronization of call it corporate marketing with the local agency. Um, the ability to put out um, mail um, with my own um, office and, and face and, and message. It's about personalized one-on-one marketing with my individual clients of understanding their needs, their wants, their desires. Um that's that's the synchronization. Um, that we believe is the magic of compliance. Again, the corporate compliance controls objectives um, synchronized with the local agent at the end of the day um, who is engaging with their their clients and their consumers.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, that's neat. Uh, You know, from a larger brand consequence, I mean, this is something that every principal, uh, whether it's carrier or a large agency, is concerned with, and that is uh, the brand consequence of, say, a rogue agent who potentially alienates their customers to a point of them asking to be uh, removed or forgotten. Uh, you know, what's the implications there?
1: Yeah, it could be as, you know, as simple that the, the concept of, again, an agent that doesn't have tools, um, whether they're loading up, you know, tens of thousands, hundred thousand, million different prospective clients into an email tool, and at worst case, all of a sudden my email is on the spam filter and I can't get emails through. On the most severe case, this is going back to the right to be forgotten and consumers opting out. Um, so how do I put those corporate controls in place to really allow my agents to be thoughtful in their approach? How do I provide the ability to allow them to scale their business and use their time more effectively? How do I increase their their ability to have face time, meeting with clients, and doing those things they love while automating the back end of those touch points? Um, so the, the risk, if you will, of you know a rogue agent sending out non-compliant marketing content, or in a matter which is saturating consumers and, and they're unsubscribing, therefore their their, their uh, market size is now is compressed or, or shrank. That's a real risk, um, and I think that we're unique in our ability to to marry the needs of corporate with a local agent.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean we're all uh, dealing with I guess what you describe as a uh new uh, data compliance environment. Who are the winners uh, with these kind of rules coming about?
1: I think the winners are clearly um, those brands, um, those agents that use technology. um, The the chaos of, of some of these regulations and compliance breeds opportunity. And I think the opportunity um, will fall to those that, that use technology to their advantage, um, to be able to streamline their process, um, understand how to reach out to customers so that they are aware of their brand but below the point of, of saturating them. So I think the winners are – I think the consumers, there's a win there um, if done right. Again, I think there's some unintended consequences of some of these new laws. And I think the winners on, on the business side are, are those that use technology to their advantage, to their competitive advantage.
0: Yeah. You know, as we discussed before we get on the call, you know, these conversations that you and I are having are not infomercials, but I do want our listeners to know just a little bit more about your company and yourself. So give me just kind of the, the elevator thing about uh, your enterprise, uh, Impresio, and, and kind of where your sweet spot is.
1: Sure. Thank you, Dennis. Um, so we are very proud here of at Imprezio of, of our technology, and our technology is really focused on allowing our customers to connect better. Um, Connect better with their clients and their prospective clients. Um, We're proud to serve three of the top five carriers in the U.S. We have a a worldwide partnership with Infosys, um, who has 300,000 employees worldwide. They're building a center of excellence around our technology, Um, and this is all about leveraging technology um, to inspire behavior and uh, allow producers and agents to grow their business. Those that use our technology see a significant growth in their premium um, or their revenue, and that's through you know, more efficient and effective customer acquisition, um, cross-selling, and retention.
0: So you've been in the, the business uh, a number of years. How did you get into uh, uh, the business center? What, brought, what did you do before, and what brought you to the business that you're in today?
1: Sure. I've been in software dentists for um, 20 years, um, enterprise software sales. Um, and previous to Impresio, I was an early equity investor with another software company here in Spokane called Next IT, and as an early equity investor, was certainly not looking to make any sort of move, um, but knew a couple of the shareholders here at Impresio. and what was interesting to me at Impresio was how they had these very large customers without a legacy sales team, um, and the riddle that I was intrigued with was was the technology that good that with the right sales and marketing, go-to-market strategy with the right team, um, could we go um, grow this business? And that was a riddle, frankly, that intrigued me. Um, So moved over to Imprezio just over two years ago, and Imprezio is exactly what I was hoping to be, which is amazing technology, amazing team, and it's been um, incredibly exciting to see the market momentum that we've been able to build um, through partner ecosystems and and new clients um, that we've been onboarding here at Imprezio.
0: So I uh I did before I have to admit and confess before I got on the phone I wanted to know more about uh, you uh and your background. I understand that you used to play basketball, uh that uh that you're a local product of Spokane from uh, Mead. Are you the pride of Mead Senior High?
1: <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but uh I certainly uh played a little bit of basketball back in the day. Um and uh played at Gonzaga University. Um I will I will re- Preface that with uh, that was before Gonzaga was uh, on the national stage that they're on now, but certainly uh, greatly enjoyed my time. <clears throat>
0: well, so you know, I, I understand it. it does say, I mean, uh, that you played with the Zags uh, from 91 to 94, uh, that, it, that it was a three time first team all West Coast conference pick, and even the 1994 conference pa- player of the year, and you even won some academic all-american award. So you must have uh, not just shot baskets. You must have hit the books as well.
1: No, that was important to me. Um, you know, the thing I'm probably most proud of is it's certainly what Gonzaga has become on a national stage. Um, but the, you know, the combination of academics and athletics was important to me, Dennis. Um, I grew up in a family of educators and so education was always important. Um, and I really took pride into in wanting to have a, a successful career um, when I did get done playing basketball. So being a three-time academic all-american academic all-American of the Year um, really helped set the stage for for my career past basketball, um, and there was you know a ton of life lessons that I that I take that are core to me um, that I learned while playing at Gonzaga, um, and uh, you know trying to be a great teammate, um, being very organized, um, and uh, working incredibly hard are, are things that I think are tenets that that help me um, and would help anybody in the, their career that that they pursue. So. Um, you know, I wouldn't trade my time at Gonzaga um, for anything in the world. And uh, again, it's, it's, you know, after Gonzaga, I played overseas for a handful of years, played in Spain and Belgium, Argentina and Australia, and then got in the software business down in San Diego and wanted to move my young family back home and uh, was looking to acquire a small company and that's when i became an investor in my previous software company called next it
0: Neat. uh say you know as we get on in our years sometimes the stories get more generous so looking back to your college years what was your cumulative free throw shooting percentage
1: <laughs> not nearly high enough is the answer to that question <laughs> uh that uh you know what i i will admit that if uh you know, those, the stats and, and all the things that, you know, again, I was, uh, blessed to be able to, to spend time in the court. Um, what I'm most proud of is the, 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 what that program has become. Um, I'm most proud that the program now, you know, playing in the final four and being a national program. What I'm most proud of is that they've done that and have not changed the ethos, um, of what that program stands for. Yeah. Um, and, and that to me is is something that is uh, you know, unprecedented in, in recent college basketball history
0: well that's uh, that is neat and it's uh uh jeff uh, brown executive vice president and Prezio uh, here today to talk with us a little bit about the uh the uh, uh, gdpr and the california data privacy laws a uh, very important thing that uh, producers and companies need to know more about and dig into. So, again, uh, Jeff, thank you for being on our program today. It's been a, a pleasure to,
1: to visit with you. Happy to be here, Jeff, and
0: thank you again. Oh, hi. You're still here. If you are interested in reaching thousands of licensed insurance producers across the country, why not consider sponsoring a guest podcast? If you had sponsored this episode, we would be telling thousands of listeners daily about you and your company. Find our contact information
1: to request prices and availability at insuranceradio.com.